1999, DMX, yes, the rapper, once gave us insight into his diverse taste in women by naming them all in a verse. Let's see. There was Brenda, Leticia, Linda, Felicia, Dawn, LaShawn, Ines, and Alicia, Teresa, Monica, Sharon, Nikki, Lisa, Veronica, Karen, Vicky, Cookies, well, he met her in an ice cream parlor, Tanya, Diane, Lori, and Carla, Marina, Selena, Katrina, Sabrina, about three Kims, Latoya, and Tina, Shelly, Bridget, Cavi, Rashida, Kelly, Nicole, Angel, Juanita, Stacy, Tracy, Rana, and Rhonda, Donna, Yolanda, Tawana, and Wanda. Don't worry, they were all treated fairly. I'm sharing this moment in music history with you because, misogynistic lyrics aside, I was always impressed by the range of ethnicities in this list. Your name can say so much about who you are. It can help you stand out or help you stay under the radar. It can help you open the door to career opportunities or shut it in your face. It's all relative to individual perspective. What's in a name? I had an enlightening discussion with my great friend, Taria Palmer. She's an advocate for social justice and self-proclaimed fashion lover who has experienced and jumped over several life roadblocks. A stubborn, independent girl who found a way to put herself through college and grad school with a kind spirit who is always happy to help others. We talked about what it's like to have a, quote, ethnically identifiable name, how the word justice has changed her life, and the importance of embracing your uniqueness, whether that's through your name, your heritage, or your personality. Are you ready? Bienvenidos. Welcome to Diferente. My name is Maribel Quesada-Smith. I'm an expert at questioning everything who wants to bring more color into your life. I'll be coming to you every week with a little humor and a mountain of passion to share with you experiences and lessons in life, culture, creativity, and business that will inspire all of us to explore different perspectives. Don't be surprised if you find yourself motivated to shake things up. That's known to be a side effect of the Diferente life, and it's contagious. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Diferente, Taria. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So first off, let's honor the huge event that just took place in your life, which is yes. that you just got married. Yes, <laughs> I just got married June 2nd, and it was... I mean, I thought it was amazing. What did you think, Maribel? Because you were there. I thought it was a beautiful ceremony and you could feel the love. Well, first of all, it was very tasteful and classic and just beautiful. And you looked gorgeous. Thank but you. I have to tell you that I definitely teared up when you said your bows. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Can you please share a little bit about what inspired you to deliver that super important message? It was your day, but you somehow find a way to deliver a socially conscious message <laughs> on your wedding day. <laughs> right. It's funny because after I did the vows, I was like, did I not follow directions? Because I really didn't say that I vowed to do anything. It was more like... I addressed Devin for everything that he has been in my life and like thanked him and also affirmed how his love inspires me and is inspiring for other Black women. And I love that. That was very unique. And that's what I thought was very impressive about the bows that you put in your own spin. I feel like I keep saying this year and recent years before have been this year of women and the year of Black women. Um, really like coming into their own. And 
So I wanted to address them at my wedding because I think that we hear all the time that like Black women have such a hard time getting married. We don't get married. We're too successful. We're too this. We're too that. And I wanted to address the Black women in the audience because I wanted to say like, you're not too much of anything. You're fine the way that you are. People have told me my entire life I'm too much. And like, look at me. I still found somebody who accepts me as I am and I didn't have to change anything about myself. So I think it was more of a message of hope because I don't think that every woman in the audience's hope is to get married. But just this message that like you're fine the way that you are and you don't need to change anything about yourself to get married or to get that job or to get people to like you. You're okay the way that you are. You're perfect the way that you are. And you are. And I love that you said that because I feel the exact same way as you when it comes to being yourself and Mm -hmm. loving yourself for who you are. But you're not going to find someone who's going to love you the way you want them to love you until you are confident and happy with who you are. Right. Absolutely. And so I feel like you really encompassed that or you really told that story in your bows. And then you also made it emotional because it was about you. You know, you said when I was younger and when I met you, I was in this place where I didn't really know who I was. And he helped you figure that out. But then he Mm -hmm. also loved you for who you were, the quirkiness and the wonderful, confident woman that you are. It was beautiful. So you didn't have to follow any rules. You did everything perfect. It was wonderful. And it was you. And that's what marriage is about. And that's what a wedding ceremony is supposed to be. You know, what Mm -hmm. you guys want it to be, not what the world says. Mm -hmm. I definitely took a lot of cues from just how you did your wedding ceremony. I feel like it was a reflection of you. It wasn't like cookie cutter. It was like a reflection of you. And it was diferente. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And the two cultures coming together. I was really inspired by that. It was definitely one of the nicest weddings that I've ever been to. But I was just happy to be there because, again, I felt the love. I felt the uniqueness and I spoke specifically to Black women in my vows, but I would say also Latina women have a hard way to go sometimes. I feel like you're always portrayed as these no-nonsense, fiery. (laughs) Spicy. That's the word people use. Yeah, and it's stupid. It's just like, we're not all the same. Even if we do have these attributes, they're not bad. They no. they make us who we are. They don't make us unmarriable, if that's a word. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. It doesn't make us not marriage material or not right. relationship material. It, it just makes you unique. And mm-hmm. I think you have to embrace that before anyone else can embrace it, you have to take over and say, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And this is the person that I want to be. Let's talk about how we met. I want to talk about a little bit about our relationship. Are you sure you want to talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) Not in depth because we don't have the time. That'll be in the book. But I do want to tell people how we know each other. You know, we've known each other for 12 years. We met in Mm -hmm. college at OU. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And throughout that time, I feel like you have been such a great example of strength and confidence and style because you're super fabulous. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, you. I, actually, I love that headpiece and dress you wore to my wedding. It was the bomb. So oh, shout out you. to your outfit. 
Shout out to you being Frida Kahlo at my wedding. Uh, just a side note. I was a little bit worried when I showed up in green. I had forgotten that your colors were green in ivory and I show up in a green dress and then I see like one of your bridesmaids with the same kind of tone of dress I was just like oh so <laughs> that's a funny cultural thing it, it wasn't wrong at all because I got so many calls from people like I'm wearing green <laughs> because when our parents were coming up you wore whatever color the wedding party was wearing outside of white oh. whatever color they were wearing you matched them if you notice a lot of the older people actually did have on different colors of green and other people had on green. So it was all good. It's a black thing. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So I felt a little weird, but okay. Thank you for telling no, me No, you should not have felt weird at all. It was normal. So going back to how we met and our story, we've had a lot of great experiences together. And I have to share this one particular memory with everyone because it was such a special moment for me. Last year on the morning of my wedding, I don't know if you remember, but you said to me, Something like, let me be the first to officially welcome you to the Black community. <laughs> and I get all emotional every time I remember that moment. And I want you to know that I take my role very seriously. Good. But it meant a lot to me. It was so sweet. This is like a special place to be. It's a special club. And <laughs> I feel like you took the journey with Doug and like try to understand Doug's culture. And I just feel like that's how you are with everybody. Like you don't write people off or say like, oh, everyone's the same. Oh, I don't see color or anything like that. Like you really take the time to embrace people and embrace whatever culture or nationality they are, try to learn about them. I think it's important to like do that. You guys, if you want to, are going to have children one day. And I think that's really important to have those aspects of your personality when you're like rearing children in this world who have different cultural identities because like mm -hmm. you have to be able to teach them about who they are. And I felt that day like really confident that she's going to do that. She's going to be perfect. I mean, obviously not perfect because nobody's perfect, but right. you're going to do your best. And I felt really good that day, not just even about that, but just that like Doug was the right person for you. I am going to do my best. And I'm going to tell you yeah. what. The other day, Doug and I had this ridiculous argument <laughs> about <laughs> over a certain rapper who, for the sake of not sidetracking this combo any further, shall remain nameless. Okay. But you know who I'm talking about. Okay. And he said, babe, you're not even black. Why are you so offended? <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to say to him, Taria said I'm in the community now, <laughs> damn it. Taria <laughs> said I'm her cousin now. <laughs> Was it Kanye? I feel yes, like it was. You yeah. know it was Kanye. Mm -hmm. But like I said, let's not go deep into no. that. I just, we had an argument. I'm not kidding you. We argued mm -hmm. about this because I, you know how I am. Mm -hmm. I'm very much about equality. So we were having a discussion about it. He had some differing points of views mm -hmm. and I got very passionate and mm -hmm. we got into a heated debate. And then that's when he said, why are you so upset? Right. <laughs> and you know what? I told them, I'm upset because I'm for equality. And if you're for equality, you should want and demand equality for everybody, not just your people. That's why I'm upset. Mm -hmm. Again, a conversation for another day. Give us a little bit of your story, who you are, Taria. Tell, what's your story? Okay. So I am from a small town in Ohio. 
Northeast Ohio, go Cavs. Y'all disappointed me, but it's fine. You'll be fine oh. next year. <laughs> I have a daughter who is almost two years old. Her name is Justice. I went to OU. That's where I met Marybelle. That's where I've met my now husband. I love OU and all the memories that I made there. I now actually work in higher ed and I am very passionate, very interested in social justice. I love fashion. One funny thing about me is that I do love celebrity gossip. So if you need to know what's going on with somebody, like I usually know. I love going in the shade room and like reading people's shady comments. Although I do feel bad for the celebrities sometimes because some of the shade is just too much. But yeah, I'm just a girl in this world. I'm definitely a feminist. Super um, involved in social justice issues. So... Let's talk about Juneteenth. Yeah. June 19th is the celebration of Juneteenth. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about the significance of this date? So Juneteenth, what it originates from is the day that slaves, I believe in Texas, found out that they were free. So it has come to basically symbolize freedom for all African-Americans after the Emancipation Proclamation basically commemorates June 19th, 1865. Did you celebrate Juneteenth when you were growing up? No, I didn't. And a lot of people don't, actually. I think it's becoming more widespread now. But I think when you look at the education system that most people have gone through, most African-American people have gone through, the public education system, Mm -hmm. you don't learn anything about your history. So I didn't really know anything about that until probably college. I just found out about it last year because of a blackish episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. hate to admit it, but yeah, yes, that's and a how lot I did. of people did. But since leaving college, I have always observed the holiday in some way, shape, or form. What would you say woke you up to the importance of being involved and in the know about issues like this? I don't know. It was always just in me. I even remember, and this is going to be funny. You probably won't even believe me. But I remember being a kid, being in first or second grade and standing for the national anthem and feeling weird about it. I knew there was something weird about me standing there, pledging allegiance. There was like some sort of equality for me as... Or inequality. Inequality that was happening. And I just remember always feeling like it didn't really align. It didn't really make sense. And just seeing like what other people would go through as well. So like growing up and then going to high school. And when I was in high school, there was a large amount of Latinx people that I went to school with. Seeing like their struggles with citizenship. And then like when I was in college, there was a big sweep that happened where a lot of people got deported. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a big mess for obviously the people who got deported, but also for their families. And just also like being in college and starting to take African-American studies classes. It was something that started happening in high school, but college really made me start to really clue in on the injustices in the world (laughs) and what my place was in trying to do what I could to change some of it. Literally, I'm so happy When I see the kids now who are like college age, who are really getting out there and doing like a lot because it was like simmering when we were in school, but nothing was really going on. And then it just like blew up. And I feel like the kids who were in college then, they're really taking the lead. 
And mm-hmm. they're not just sitting back and being like, oh, I'm going to be apathetic. They're doing something. And I, I love it. So I just had an enlightening conversation last week with a friend named Maribel about our names and how it's difficult for non-English speaking people to pronounce our name as we prefer. By the way, this is episode 103, which I highly encourage everyone to go back and listen to if you haven't yet. But anyway, I think you have a unique name. You're the only Taria I know. Yes. I don't know if you know other Tarias, but what kind of unique experiences has your name brought you? Um, People always pronounce my name wrong. Ah, okay. Yeah. So we have the same experience there. <laughs> always, always. Which is why I try my best to remember to pronounce your name correctly. Sometimes if I'm talking too fast, I will just say it like a typical American says it probably (laughs) just how it looks without like rolling the r but like i really try because people always mess up my name always they call me terea they call me tanya that doesn't even match yeah i'm like there's not even one n in my name not one (laughs) i usually get people either asking me like what it means where did it come from oh that's beautiful Does it have a special meaning? No. Mm -mm. My sister named me, and it was actually a girl that she went to school with that she just really liked her name. So she thought they had other T's in the family. So they thought, oh, that would be a good name. So no significance outside of that. And then you named your daughter Justice. Can you share the story about how you decided on her name? So first off, the only other justice that I knew was Justice from Poetic Justice, played by Janet Jackson in the 90s in the movie with her and Tupac. So that was like the only other justice I knew. One day, I don't know, Devin and I were talking and just trying to figure out the perfect name and Justice came on the list as one of the names. And it was like the one of the top names. There was two names that we had and that was one of the top. But we couldn't decide if that should be her name. So when I was in the hospital getting my epidural, and for those who have never experienced that or been in the room with somebody who's experiencing that, the epidural is basically what what mutes the pain, right? Childbirth obviously can be very painful. It numbs you, right? It numbs you basically from the waist down. And you have to have a shot in your back in order for that to happen. And it's a really big needle. So when we're in the hospital... I have to shout them out. This was at OSU Wexner Medical Center. (laughs) It was a wonderful experience outside of this. So I will say that if you want to have a baby at OSU Wexner Medical Center, it's awesome. But this is where this happened. So I was sitting there. And at the time, I don't even know if she was an anesthesiologist. I think she was just the person administering the shot. I don't even think the anesthesiologist was there. But on the TV, the 49ers were playing. And that was at the time when Colin Kaepernick was still playing and he was kneeling for the anthem. Mm. So he's on the TV. He's kneeling. I'm about to get shot in the back (laughs) with this big needle that looks like a tranquilizer. And this doctor or this assistant or whatever she was, she was a white woman. She just starts going off about Colin Kaepernick. I don't know why he's doing that. That's so disrespectful. Like, he needs to stand for the flag. In that moment, Devin and I were looking at each other like, does she not see us Mm. here? Like, we're clearly Black people. She just doesn't even see us. And 
to be saying something like that. And she doesn't understand what he's doing because if she did, she wouldn't be saying that. She doesn't understand what this means to him. She doesn't understand what this generally means for Black people. What he was trying to say is, I'm not disrespecting the flag. I'm saying that this flag is not upholding what it's supposed to mean for people like me and other people who look like me and other people of color who are being shot in the streets and killed with impunity. So Devin was looking at me. I'll never forget this. He was looking at me and I was looking at him and he was just like, please. It was like that silent plea. So he's looking at me like, I know you're the most outspoken person I've ever known, (laughs) but in this moment, I need you not to say anything. (laughs) And, like, it sounds funny and it kind of is, but, like, it was the most silencing feeling. This woman had so much of my... She had power in that moment. She had that power in the moment to silence me and have me not say anything. Wow. And so, and not tell her you're wrong as hell. And in that moment, you probably, had it not been for the needle, I know you probably would have said something. (laughs) Oh, had it not been for the needle, I would have really schooled her. But he was, like, looking at me, begging me not to. And I also knew that I was taking a gamble doing that because I was in the care of other people. Wow. That is all a very complex and weird situation to be in. Yeah, it was crazy. So when she walked out of the room, we said, "Okay, her name needs to be Justice. That's going to be her name. And that's her name. And that's why. Did you get any resistance from family or friends when you told them? We didn't tell anybody till after she was, we had already made the decision in the hospital that that would be her name. I'm interrupting this awesome episode to ask you a favor. Will you take a few seconds to leave a review? Tell me what other topics you would like to hear on the show. It takes less than 30 seconds to write a review and you can help change lives. Okay, I mean, that might be an exaggeration. But that's the kind of impact that Diferente is all about. A brighter outlook, a different perspective. All of this can be life transforming. Do you worry that people will judge her by her name? Not really. I think that her name will do what we wanted it to do by naming her, which was was make her a pillar of strength and wisdom. Almost like empower her. Yeah, it will empower her. It will teach her what is right in this world and not just what feels good. Sometimes justice doesn't feel good, but it's the right thing to do. And so I don't really worry about people judging her. I think she'll be fine with the name. And even if I thought that she wouldn't, it feels like that's supposed to be who she is. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love that Mm -hmm. you stuck to your feeling and your intuition on that. Do you ever feel judged by your name? Sometimes, I think, because I work and have worked in environments that are mostly white. So everyone has very, what you would traditionally think that are American traditional names. Um, So my name always sticks out. And I've been on trips with colleagues where we'll go to like get on the plane and you're going through getting your ticket rung in by like the stewardess or whatever. And they're saying everyone's name and they'll, they'll go John, Katie. Oh, you mean when you're like boarding the plane and they're scanning your boarding pass? Yeah. When you're boarding and they're scanning your boarding pass and they'll be like, Oh, have a good afternoon, John. Hello, Emily. Thanks, Jane. And then they'll get to me. They won't say anything. What? And my coworkers will always kind of like catches them off guard. But (laughs) I really love it when it happens. And this is why, because 
the people that I work with generally don't have friend groups that are like super Mm -hmm. diverse. So when they see that happen, then it kind of like brings to them the reality of what people like me go through every day, even when it comes to something Mm -hmm. like a name. Even my first day starting at my job that I currently have now, I was kind of singled out for my name by another colleague on the first day. She didn't really mean any harm, but she was asking, like, what does my name mean? Where did it come from? And you could see the other people who were in the orientation group getting, like, visibly uncomfortable because they're like, why is she giving you the third degree? And so after it was over, one of the people who were in leadership, they apologized to me, like, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Like, I know that that's what people would call, like, a microaggression. Mm. And I, I was like, wow, people are trying to learn. That is actually a microaggression. So, like, I appreciated that being acknowledged and how people can understand how stuff like that will other. I get that sometimes. Well, actually, I mean, when I introduce myself often, that'll be the second question. After what is your name? The second question will be, oh, where's that from? <laughs> what does that mean? Right. I have to be honest, I don't think that they mean anything by it most of the time. I think that sometimes people are just curious and it's almost like their way of saying, oh, you're not from here. Where are you from? How interesting. Like they're intrigued. And I can kind of understand that because I'm like that too. I'm a very curious person and I ask a lot of questions and maybe sometimes inappropriate questions or (laughs) questions that might make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get that. The curiosity of like, oh, yeah. that sounds different. Like, where's she from? Like, where are you from? But at the same time, I can't imagine boarding a plane in that moment where they're greeting everybody and then it goes beep and nothing. <laughs> and then I get no greeting at all. It's like really. I guess I never stopped to think about what they do in those circumstances, but it must be super awkward. Well, sometimes would I rather you butcher my name or at least try? and. I think generally I would rather people at least try and butcher it than to just skip over me because that's just really dismissive. So I actually hire people regularly and I've seen some very unique names on resumes before. And when I'm in the situation where I don't know how to pronounce someone's name, when I call them initially, I'll always say, oh, hey, is this? And I'll say their name. And then I'll say, did I pronounce that correctly? One, I want to know to make sure that I don't offend the person. And I also want to let them know, listen, I'm trying. Help me out. I'm trying to say your name. If I messed it up, please tell me because I want to learn. I'm being genuine about it. Right. It's funny because up until a few years ago, I really did not make people say my name right. I kind of just like let them get away with calling me the wrong pronunciation of my name. And then when I realized the significance of naming in terms of African-American people and us being brought to this country and like having our names, our actual names taken away from us and then being given somebody else's mm-hmm. name. I felt I had to like have more pride in my name because it means something. It's my identity. Like at least my first name is. Our last names are not our last names. Not the names that we originated with. Right. You don't have a lineage of last name that goes back to centuries Mm -hmm. of ancestors like many other people do. No. Our names are whoever owned us as property. 
And that's a very sobering thought, mm-hmm. right? So my first name is my name that my parents gave me, and I'm going to cherish that name. And I have to, like, make people respect me and say my name the right way because it's literally all that I have. My last name is not really doesn't mean as much to me as my first name. It's not connected to your lineage, is what you're saying. Not far back, right? We can take pride in our last names because somebody at some point, our grandparents or whatever, took that name and they did something with it and they created family and community around this name. So it means something. For me, it doesn't mean the same as somebody who can say like, yeah, my last name is McAllister and it Mm -hmm. came from Ireland. Like, that's crazy to me. It's like, man, I wish... Or, you know, like my friends who are African, who have African last names, who have their full name as African, they can trace that back to Nigeria or to wherever centuries ago. That's a powerful thing. And we don't have that. It's really sad. Yeah, that's definitely something that I cannot relate to. And I do agree with you that it's a sobering fact to face. I mean, Mm -hmm. You mm-hmm. do have a very unique first name and you should cherish that. And a lot of people don't understand that and maybe they don't value it as much because they don't get the rest of the story. And that's why we're here, right? We have to share our stories because that's how people learn and that's how people gain understanding. Do you feel your name has held you back professionally? No, I don't. I think that my name is interesting because it's, Again, you don't know what it is. You really don't know how to say it. It could be anything. (laughs) So I don't think it really holds me back professionally. But I think on that Blackish episode where he said he wanted to name his son Devante, I think Devante might hold somebody back because it's clearly an African-American name. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that episode. I mean, it's been proven that people get... Their resume is thrown away and all kinds of foolishness based off of their name. You know, I never thought about my name holding me back professionally, to be honest. I think I'm kind of like you. I think it's helped me in Mm -hmm. some cases where I've applied to positions that require someone bilingual Mm -hmm. or possibly even situations where they might be looking for someone bilingual, but maybe it's not stipulated as so in the advertisement or in the job posting, whatever. And it's just kind of given me an extra edge. I think just having a different name is sometimes sticks out from the rest. So I am grateful for that. It served me well in that regard. Yeah, as long as you don't go try to work for like Trump Industries, you should be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you going to take it to that dark space? (laughs) I know. (laughs) So depressing. (laughs) We're having a very positive conversation over here. bringing the darkness straight into the conversation, but go ahead. Well, I actually, I want to talk about that episode of Blackish that you mentioned because I'm a huge Blackish fan. Mm -hmm. And there's this episode where what you were saying, the parents are trying to name their new baby and they struggle because one of them is afraid to give him a quote, Black sounding name and they end up choosing the name Devante. But Mm -hmm. I read more about the episode Because I was curious and I did some digging on the internet and I was like, oh, let me find out more about this name thing and what people think. And I did some research on Black names. I found it very interesting that there's a a lot of variance in the way people think about it. Uh A lot of people will say it's important to name children of African-American descent a Black sounding name, for example, Mm -hmm. because it's unique and 
we should be proud of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We celebrate culture, make it positive, which I totally agree with. And then mm-hmm. there's the other side saying, no, <laughs> I don't want my kid to be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want my kid's resume to be thrown away because of their name. I feel like we're going towards maybe very slowly crawling towards a time where that should not be an issue anymore, that people should be allowed to have whatever name they want and not have their resume be thrown out. What do you think? I think that everybody is well within their rights to do whatever they think is right for their child. But I love cultural names. I think that they give people something to hold on to that's really strong. We have a friend, he was actually in our wedding, like he's African. His name is Adetunji. He has a great job. He works for the NBA now, and he has a very African sounding name. I think that if people are going to discriminate against you, I would almost rather them do that in the resume process than to get me in the door and discriminate against me once I'm there and make my life even harder. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like, let's get the racism out of the way from the beginning. (laughs) Get the racism out of the way. If you don't like me because I'm Black, this is probably not the right place for me to work. Because, like, jobs and leaving a job and coming to a job is a huge transition. So it's like, okay, if you're going to be like that from the outset, fine, be like that. But let's do that in the resume process, which is funny because that's why I always try to wear my natural hair, my curly hair, my nappy hair during interviews, because I want you to know from the jump, this is who I am. This is authentically how I'm going to show up and how I'm going to show up for work. And if you think that this is inappropriate, this is probably not the place for me to work. And it's the same with the name. If you think because my name is Laquana and you don't want me to work for you because you think I'm not good enough, then let's do that from the jump. Let's not wait till I've left my city of origin and moved across the country to take this job for you to decide that I'm too Black. That's a really good point because I think that a lot of people maybe don't consider that situation happening where you Mm -hmm. might have a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, vanilla sounding name. Mm But once you get in the door and you start working, it actually might be a culture clash. That's something that you could have realized earlier on in the process. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, either way, you shouldn't have issues like that in the workplace or anywhere, right? I mean, that's what we're working towards. We're working towards eliminating those kinds of biases. But they exist. And I think that when it comes down to it, it shouldn't matter what the person's name is. It should matter what they're all about and what they bring to the table. Again, it shouldn't obviously matter what their skin color is or what their Mm -hmm. background is. It should matter what they bring to the table. At the same time, I have to say this in support of equality, it should matter that you are bringing something unique to the table because even though it shouldn't be held against you that you're different or that you're a minority, it's important to have the different perspectives in a work environment. Just Mm -hmm. like it is important to have different perspectives at home and different perspectives in your relationships with friends. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't grow and you don't learn anything. So Mm -hmm. like you could call yourself someone who's all for equality and someone who's super woke and always striving for everybody to be treated fairly. But if you never leave the United States and if you Mm -hmm. don't see other people's experiences around the globe, are you really for equality? Because can you really understand what a different perspective is outside of your own country. 
No. And there's no excuse now. I mean, there are barriers to people being able to travel, obviously, but the internet is a wonderful place and people can enjoy globalization that way. And I don't think you can't understand certain things until you broaden your worldview. You literally cannot understand how racism works in America until you understand anti-Blackness as it exists across the globe. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a global issue. (laughs) It's not just the U.S. issue. Yeah. And when you understand, it all functions differently, right? So like it functions differently than in America than it functions in somewhere like Brazil in the Caribbean or whatever. Like it functions differently, but it's all still bad and it's all Mm -hmm. still affects. But even if you look at colorism, there's colorism in Mexico. Yeah. The lighter skinned people, how are they treated versus the people who are darker? Colorism is an issue all around the world. So until you understand why people in China want to be super white, like a paper, why is that? Until you understand those things can't have the right understanding of how all this stuff functions and how it's all detrimental to like our growth as a human race, period. Do you think there's anything that we as individuals can do to help destigmatize names? I think that people just have to stop connecting things that have no connection. So just because your name is Rainbow Bright doesn't mean that you're not going to be a good worker. Your parents named you that. You coming to work every day has nothing to do with what your parents named you. They were hippies. Great. Fine. People have to stop connecting things that have no connection. My skin color has nothing to do with my work ethic. My name has nothing to do with my work ethic. My name could be lazy and I could be the hardest worker in the room. My parents named me that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) People just have to think better. There are better ways to think and people need to get there, if that makes sense. I think that also we have to be more embracing of other names and names that sound unfamiliar to us. Instead of having a reaction that may be negative to a name that we don't recognize or a name that we're not used to hearing, we should be curious in a good way without making the person feel uncomfortable. Learn about it a little bit more instead of just making it seem like because it's unfamiliar, it makes you uncomfortable. I think right. that that's also important is we need to be able to explore, explore mm-hmm. the names, explore each other by asking questions instead of making assumptions. I don't know, maybe that's what happened to you at OU or wherever you were when you had your initial experience. I definitely don't think it was malicious. I just think that people are used to what they're used to. And when something comes along that's different, they really don't know the appropriate or best way to react. I just think people also need to be more mindful of their biases. Because when you are mindful of that stuff, I think it just helps you move better in this world. That's a good point. Do you think that there's anything that people with very cultural specific names can do to avoid being stereotyped? Is that something that they should even worry about? You know what? You can't worry about it because people are going to do what they want to do, right? You just have to know that the place that you don't land is not the place that you're supposed to be. So like if they don't want to accept your name being super quote unquote ethnic or whatever, which is annoying, it's like, well, why are our names ethnic? And some name like Katie is not ethnic. 
True. But if they don't want to accept you because of your name, that's literally probably somewhere that you don't want to be. You have to learn to accept that and say, okay, this wasn't a missed opportunity for me because of the name my parents gave me and the name they took pride in. This is probably a place that is not ready to be inclusive. And that means that it's not a place for me. Or it might mean that it's a place where you can potentially break barriers and be a change agent. That's so exhausting. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, damn, I just want to come to work and sit in this chair. I don't want to be Martin Luther King today. Like, I'm done with this. (laughs) I just want to sit down, okay? (laughs) I just want to meet my goals and go home. Sometimes it's just really exhausting and you don't want to break any barriers and you don't want to, like, do any of that stuff. You just want to show up. But then there are some days where you're like, okay, I'm fine with this. I can attest to that because that's the position that I find myself in a lot because I am an open person, because I do want to talk to people, because I do want people to be better. I do want to educate people. I find myself in that role of educator a lot. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Some days I don't want to be and the days that I don't, I don't. Yeah. I say close for business. Bye. I can relate to that for sure. So two more questions that I've been asking everyone lately before we wrap up. What is your passion? And the second question, how do you define success? I would say that my passion is probably making people feel good about themselves wherever they are. My passion is accepting people. And until everybody is accepted, I won't stop. So that's how I know that that's my passion, because like I said, social justice is one of my passions. Being creative is one of my passions. Fashion is one of my passions. All of those things have a foot super deep in acceptance, right? You should be able to show up the way that you want to, wearing what you want to. You should be able to be creative in the ways that you want to and have that creativity accepted. You should be able to show up in your identity as your race or your ethnicity or your sexual orientation or any of that. You should be able to show up in those ways and have people accept you as you are. Trying to make people feel better about who they are and where they are. And how do you define success? I think success is just being genuinely happy and knowing that every day is not going to be perfect, but that you can create a good life for yourself. Sometimes that means you have to cut some people out of your life. That means sometimes that means you have to welcome some people in. That means that you have to create a space around you that is really positive for whatever that means for you because it means something different for everybody and like really cherishing relationships. That's success for me. Being in a space where I can be truly, genuinely happy, but also know that everything's not going to be perfect, but being able to really live in the moment, that's success for me. (laughs) And that's a good way to end it. Thank you so much for making time to share your experiences with us. And how can people connect with you online? My um, Instagram handle is underscore the socialite. That's S-O-C-I-L-L-I-G-T. We'll put it on the show notes. Yeah, that's how you find me on Instagram. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Taria. Thank you. What do you think is in a name? Do you feel ethnically specific names are holding people back? Do you have your own story of name shame you'd like to share? Let's keep this conversation going. I would love to read or hear your thoughts on all of this. You can share your personal experience with us in the reviews of this podcast on our Diferente Podcast Facebook group or by interacting with us on Instagram at Diferente underscore podcast. Don't worry. All of these links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Diferente. If you liked this episode, let me know by leaving a five-star review and by sharing a screenshot of this podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Just don't forget to tag me at Adiferente Life so I can know you're listening. Hasta pronto.